What's up, Mentors Collective, entrepreneurs, investors, everyone who's trying to better themselves and move uh, to the next level of life. On this episode, we're going to be talking about a passion of mine, and I'm sure you've become interested in it too over the past couple of years, and that is cryptocurrency and investing in that space. Now, if you have gone down the rabbit hole like me, you've probably heard of all kinds of crazy, wacky terms, you know, yield farming, staking, mining, and a lot of it can get technical and scary. So we're going to spend some time on this episode breaking a few of them down for you, uh, letting you know what they are, maybe figuring out if it's a viable option for you. And to do that, I brought someone in much smarter than me and deep in the space to have this conversation with. And that is Samir Mayfield. He is the founder of Mindful Trader, which is the original one-shop-stop one mining and trading platform founded in 2018 and just launched their MFT token today. So a big round of applause for Samir and welcome to the show. Brother, I'm excited to talk crypto with you. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I, I'm here to talk about crypto. I love it. Uh, tell me briefly, how'd you get into the space? How long have you been in crypto, and what are you doing in the in the in the field? Man, I remember uh, taking a sales job after high school. I was about 18 years old. This was back in 2011. Uh, one of the salesmen I worked with, he's older. He was uh, 59 at the time, and he knew some guys in the Portland area. And he took me to come see them. And he was talking about, you know, they're mining this Bitcoin. It's like a decentralized currency. And when I first heard about it, Bitcoin was about $2 in price. And I thought it was fake. I thought it was a big scam. I did not invest at that time. Uh, and when I talked to them about it, it was really odd. I'm, I'm like, you know, how much money do you make a month on Bitcoin? And they're like, we mine like 500, maybe 1,000 Bitcoin a month. And I, and I asked, how much is a Bitcoin? And they're like, well, it's $2. I said, okay, how much is your rent here in this big commercial area in Portland? And they're like, oh, it's like 4,000 a month. It's kind of expensive. And then at that point I was just like, okay, uh, this looks like a scam and it sounds like you're losing your money. Uh, but then a couple of years later in 2013, uh, working for a internet cable company, Midco Communications in South Dakota, some tech friends approached me and mentioned Bitcoin again. I hadn't heard about it since 2011. So there's a couple of years span where it just sort of lost my memory. And then I checked the price and it was like $150 creeping up to $200, $250. And uh, at that point, I started to become more of a believer. So I bought some Bitcoin when it was about $150. And uh, at that point, Mt. Gox, you know, got hacked and it went down and that created a ton of scarcity in the market. <clears throat> And I actually sold my Bitcoin at that time at about the price that I bought it. It had just bounced back for a moment. And I said, I thought to myself, this is too volatile. I can't get involved with this because I just can't, I can't afford to lose this money. And then, um, about a year, a couple of years later, uh, 2016, 2017, uh, there was another bull run in Bitcoin and Bitcoin has been following these cycles. Um, uh, you know, it, it was it was a great experience in 2017. I had quite a bit of luck, um, and that has caused me to start the business and to create a mining application that has a trader with it, which no one else really seems to be doing. In fact, a lot of big people today, like Elon Musk or Richard Hart, who created Hex, they really hate proof of work concept. They really hate Bitcoin, and I just don't get it. I mean, I, I understand it's high energy consumption. And this is more technical stuff, but uh, there is some use case for, for higher energy consumption. If I'm storing billions of dollars, 
um, in a blockchain, I would rather have a proof of work concept to, um, you know, protect my money because it has that carbon print, which is much harder to fake than simply having a proof of stake or faking that you have digital, um, you know, ownership over the coin. So there is a great use case for, for mining, for proof of work, for energy consuming, uh, base transactions. Uh, and so I'm, I'm here trying to educate people to run it on all of their devices because when they're idle, it's making money and it's paying for the device. Awesome. And you mentioned a couple things here, right? Mining, trading. Uh, and these are terms that I've become familiar with and have a very surface level knowledge of, especially trading bots. I have friends who are using them. Uh, mining, I have friends who own little server farms and mining rigs. So I really want to spend a few minutes and, and dive into these terms, because this is essentially what your platform does and brings all together. So I guess let's start with trading, the, these automated trading bots. How particularly does that work? Sure. Um, so our platform is going to have a basic trading bot and an advanced trading bot. The basic trading bot is going to be free to use for anyone. So if I were to earn $30 of Bitcoin mining on a laptop, um, and now I want to trade this Bitcoin. I can trade it on the exchange, on the Mindful Trader platform by myself without the use of a bot. But if I wanted to utilize a bot, I could uh, in the near future. And the basic bot is going to do a specific type of trade called DCA trading, which is just buying uh, when, it, when it continually drops in small amounts so that the average price is lower. And if, they're, you know, if, the, pounce, if, if the price does bounce back up, uh, then there's a much you know smaller window where you have uh, a bigger opportunity to make money uh, in that style of trading, but it's not guaranteed. Nothing, nothing is guaranteed. Of course, interesting. Uh, so you can mine directly on the platform, earn money, and then have it traded automatically to, I guess, invest that money and try and increase it. Exactly. Um, and we're going to bring other things to the platform like staking and, and things like that, and uh, collateralized lending so that people can get more out of the, the coin that they're mining. Uh, they'll have potential to, you know, double their, their mined uh, profits over the course of a year pretty easily, or maybe take more riskier moves where they can 6x or 7x their profits over the course of a year uh, pretty easily. And that's just something that's in the crypto space. I don't see any other, I don't see anyone else doing anything like that. No, me neither. And the concept of mining is a little bit complicated too, or at least to uh, someone who thinks about it as traditional mining in a, in a coal mine. So talk to me a little bit about that. What is mining for cryptocurrency, for Bitcoin specifically? Sure. Um, so the best way to explain it is actually through torrenting. Um, Bitcoin is just like torrenting. Um, you know, there's pe people are confirming that this coin moved from point A to point B on the block. And in order for this consensus to be legitimate, there has to be a confirmation uh, from a multitude of different participating individuals. Uh, so this actually makes it far more secure than a centralized server, uh, but, it, but it actually acts in the same way. So, you know, sort of backtracking into a past story of um, how we got to Bitcoin was the dot-com boom. And the government seized a ton of centralized servers that contained serial numbers for digital currencies like uh, e-money, e-gold, uh, easy money, internet gold. And they said, this is a security. You, you can't be giving this money to people and securing it um, inside of your own treasury. 
this isn't safe. This isn't protected. This isn't backed. They've physically, you know, they, they subpoenaed them. They went into the building. They took the server out. They said, you're done for. And then lo and behold, six months later, Bitcoin just pops up out of nowhere magically. Not really. Uh, but Bitcoin, you know, had that consensus that made it impossible to shut down because now those coins are no longer stored on a single server or realistically a company is going to have maybe 20 servers around the world because they need, need protection. So it won't just be one server, but still thousands to millions of private individuals providing the backbone to that server will create a much higher uh, security behind the serial numbers stored in, in those databases than it would in a typical institutional manner. Cool. So for mining, it's really the, the power of all of the people validating the transactions and providing their servers to, to do that. And in exchange, they're rewarded with Bitcoin. Exactly. And, right. and it takes a lot of energy um, to do that. And so, you know, Bitcoin is a proof of work concept. There's, there's two different concepts, uh, proof of work and proof of stake. Proof of work says I had this much computing power. It's really hard to fake that. Uh, and then proof of stake, still hard to fake, is to say that I have this much ownership, which gives me this much validation. And they both have great use cases. I think proof of stake is more for spending things in the store. If I go to McDonald's to buy a cup of coffee, I probably want to use a proof of stake concept type of coin. But if I want to store a ton of money on a blockchain, I probably want to use a proof of work type of coin because of that carbon print that's impossible to fake. Very cool. And who is a good candidate for mining? It sounds too good to be true, right? You just run your computer and you make money and you start earning Bitcoin. But like you said and alluded to earlier, it does require quite a bit of power. And you, you hear about all these things set up in China, these server farms that are mining Bitcoin and uh, they're a major problem in the energy sector. Can I start mining Bitcoin on my, my MacBook Pro? Like who, who can do this? It's a good question. Um, I don't have a, a, a solid, you know, definitive answer or a specific answer to that because it depends on the hardware. Yeah. Uh, but a MacBook Pro, I mean, that was a very specific hardware. So the MacBook Pro is a good mining machine in a sense that uh, the processor will make about $3 a month. So over the course of a 12 month period of time, if you were, you know, trading your Bitcoin for a stable coin, you would solidly have about, uh, what is that? $36 by the end of the year. Um, and then you'll be able to utilize that $36 to, you know, multiply it into more money based on trading bots and, uh, collateralized lending and staking and, and many different ways to sort of use the cryptocurrency ecosystem to make more money out of the money. And, and, and with that said, you know, it is, it is not a bad idea to invest money into cryptocurrency. But people are so skeptical about cryptocurrency. I think that the mining application is really the foot into the door. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool and interesting that you say that. Uh, I don't know if it's, you said three dollars per month on a MacBook Pro. Yep. So what would be? I mean, if someone wanted to turn this into a business model, what would that look like? Like a server farm, uh, and does it make sense for the energy costs? Sorry for the. Uh, the, the, the prodding questions, I uh, hope, hope no, that's are, okay. These are great questions. Um, the energy cost, it, it's going to be, you know, more profitable in terms of the coin you're receiving versus the energy consumption that you're paying on the electric bill. So, you know, uh, it is calculated inside of this Windows mining application that we've developed. <clears throat> and it does produce a calculation over a 24-hour period of time. 
it'll it'll provide the calculation after about an hour of mining and it'll say okay if i continue this rate for the next 24 hours based on uh your energy consumption you should make this much profit per day which is taking into account the cost of the electricity oh very cool uh, does this software cost anything? Say I go and sign up on your on your website. Do I have to pay a monthly fee, an annual fee? Is there a lifetime license? What is the business model? Um, no licensing. It's completely free. Um, and to be quite honest, the file structure of our setup file, I mean, pretty much anyone could... I, I shouldn't say this because I'm not trying to shoot myself in the foot, but anyone could really steal our files. It's Once you do the installation, it's in the, it's in the C drive and it's plainly in sight. I still wouldn't know how to do that. I'm not a coder, but good to know. Uh, if there was any listening, uh, thank, thanks, Samir, for that one. Uh, so very cool. That's definitely something that, that I'll check out um, and an opportunity for some people who are thinking about entering the crypto space and mining your own Bitcoin. I think it's a super cool and sexy industry to be in. Uh, so something to keep in mind there. Now, I know within your company, you're, you just launched a coin today. Tell me a little bit about the MFT token. What is that doing? Um, so the MFT token is the first utility platform token of the Mindful Trader platform. And the uh, Mindful Trader token, to, to try and put this as simply as possible, uh, the biggest benefit for holding it is that half of the profits that are generated from all of the platform services, such as staking services, uh, debit card services, um, mining services, trading services, half of all of the fees generated will then be used to provide liquidity towards the MFT token. And so this is the closest thing, you know, this is, this is really the only way, the closest way to get the token to kind of act like a security without it being a security. Very cool. And where can people buy and use the token? I guess they buy it directly on the website and they use it on the website. The correct? Uh, yes. The, yeah. Um, the token is, it, it can be bought. Um, our, uh, the, the website is launch.mindfultrader.com and there's a button to buy MFT and it takes them to a different URL called presale.mindfultrader.com. And so the actual purchase page is presale.mindfultrader.com. And for everyone listening, I just want to say this because mindful trader is hard to spell. Uh, it's M I N E. F-U-L-L-T-R-A-D-E-R, mindfultrader.com. Uh, and people can download the Windows Miner on the www subdomain. Uh, from there, they can find the launch subdomain, the presale subdomain. Uh, but the only way to purchase the token is with BNB coin. Uh, so for people to buy it, they're going to have to set up a MetaMask wallet and then go through KYC on the MetaMask wallet and then purchase BNB token through MetaMask. And then with the MetaMask, um, go to the presale.mindfultrader.com page and then connect their wallet and purchase the token using the BNB coin. So it is a process. You know, I, I recently had to learn this to, to send money and I, I did staking with and the Phantom Network and this is before I, I really had an advanced knowledge of this stuff. I still would say that I don't, but I would love to take this opportunity to, to go over how the chains and how the conversions work, because they, they were probably going to lose people uh, on how to buy BNB outside of Binance. Uh, so you use MetaMask, is that correct? Because I, I recently started using it as well. 
Yes. Um, MetaMask is, you know, just recently, it was just sort of solidified as um, the add-on that, that's going to be accepted by the internet. Um, it's a part of Web3 uh, development. And so anyone that's, you know, like right now, we're, we're doing this interview through a Web2 portal. And so the future coming of Web3 is really connected to MetaMask and pretty much any Ethereum related token. And I know this is probably just a ton of alien uh, talk here to a lot of people, but, um, you know, Mindful Trader is a, it's technically an Ethereum based token, but it's on the Binance Smart Chain. So it's actually, it's actually a BNB token, but BNB, Binance Smart Chain was forked off of Ethereum. So, so it's all Ethereum. Uh, and really only the Ethereum protocol consensus is, is, is going to have consensus. I'm really proud of myself right now because I understood everything that you just said. Uh, but for those that don't kind of all, all of these different major coins, the Bitcoin network, the Ethereum network work on their own chains. You got to stay on chain. Sometimes you have to transfer them between chains. How do you buy BNB through MetaMask? I actually don't know the answer to that. I usually I would historically buy it on Binance and then send it to my MetaMask wallet. That's a great way to do it. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's, there's lower fees on the Binance exchange. So if you want to pay less money, go to Binance, go to Coinbase. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, maybe not Coinbase. Uh, that's a competitor <laughs> to Binance. They might not have that. Uh, but still there's, there's cheaper ways to buy it, but I think it's like a 5% fee to buy it through MetaMask, which is pretty high. And where did you, uh, what but, did you say? FY network? Uh, wh wh which network? I'm sorry. Uh, on MetaMask to buy BNB, you said through the KY or FY, something of that nature? Oh, sorry. Uh, so basically, once you download the MetaMask add-on, um, you'll then, you know, you'll create a wallet. Uh, you'll have to write down your secret um, recovery phrase. It's like 12 words. You have to write this down if you want to be able to get access to it again, because it's stored locally in that browser. So if I go to a different computer, I download MetaMask and I try and log in, there's just the only way to log in is with that 12 word um, seed, recovery seed. So that is something people do not want to lose. And I have to be honest with you, this stuff is too complicated for the average user. And so um, what really needs to happen, which is the sort of long-term vision of Mindful Trader is to bring our own protocol to the space and our protocol would mimic essentially the centralized system because that's what people are used to but we can still use web3 we can use the metamask as a back-end development but we don't need to put it in front of people's faces it's just too complex and just reality it's just the reality so uh we do want to you know eventually move in that direction that that's the long-term goal if i forgot my password how do i get my password back i have to go to the company that hosted the database that has my information and they have administrator keys to pull my password and reset it at any time they want. They have access, they are in control, but it's a good system. We need to have people in power to protect ourselves. If someone were to hack my computer and uh, you know send coin to a different address in my name and it's confirmed on the block, there's no way I'm getting that back. So where's the collateral? A credit card is protected. A checking account is protected. A debit card is not protected. If you're using debit card, you might as well use crypto. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having that same centralized system where you can have secret, you know, recovery uh, uh, questions, 
and answers that connect to your private key and ways of restoring your account where it doesn't go through um it, it doesn't go through a intermediary yeah i'm with you it's the future but it's also scary I, i've lost some money sending bitcoin to the wrong address before actually kind of recently and there's really nothing you can do uh, which which is a bummer uh, but definitely i think it's for people who are experienced people who are willing to experiment a little bit dig into this stuff and find a mentor watch more of these podcasts listen to more, watch some more youtube videos uh, and mining and bot trading, what you're doing is kind of a next fun level that I definitely want to dabble in. When we're done here, I definitely want to download this software and try and figure it out. Uh, staking is one thing that I'm currently doing on the Phantom Network, and that's been fun uh, with the Dark Knight protocol. Uh, and yeah, made, made a couple bucks so far. It's just sitting there earning, earning money. And I don't know how long this stuff is going to last. How long do you think this is going to be an opportunity to, to mine, to stake, and earn these massive annual, annual returns? It's a great question. Um, so the way I see it is that, um, half of the fee that's being mined is actually coming from newly minted coin. And, and the other half is coming from scraping a little bit of the coin off of the transaction itself as gas. So the fact that the coin that's being, uh, rewarded to users isn't 100% newly minted coin means that if the world were to adopt and start mining on it, the reality is, is that it's actually going to distribute the money to the world. And uh, there is going to be some inflation because half of that money is being newly minted, but because the other half is being scraped from, from the transaction, as more people start using it, it will be, you know, it will equate in a higher price of the coin, you know, that they're holding, such as Bitcoin or, you know, um, there, there's, there's other mining coins uh, out there. In fact, our, our application mines the most profitable coin on the market, and then it pays you in Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the most liquid coin on the market. So it doesn't actually mine Bitcoin. It mines, what is the most profitable coin on the market? Uh, it changes every day. Um, it, Interesting. it could be Monero. It, it could be, um, there's a lot of fancy names for them. Um, I should know them all, but there, there's just too many for even for myself to know. So essentially whatever coin is paying the miners the most for their services at that time is what the technology decides to put those resources towards. Is that correct? Exactly. Super cool. Yep. And then converts that to Bitcoin for you and pays you in Bitcoin. Exactly. Wow. That's pretty cool. Can you use this without buying your native token or you need the native token, the MFT to, to actually start, start mining? Uh, people can start mining without the MFT token. Uh, but you know, the more people that, that use the platform, they mine on it or they trade on it, the fees on the platform are going to increase the token price. It's just how it's designed. Yep. Very cool. Uh, what should people know if they are interested in getting started with MFT buying the coin? Uh, what is kind of the, the, the vision for this thing? Where do you want to see this go? I would love for there to be a one-stop platform for all of these crypto services. I cannot mine crypto on Coinbase. I cannot mine crypto on Binance. I can't mine. And that's just one small piece that I can't do on pretty much any of these platforms because the world is trying to break away from the proof of work. But the truth is, is that the whole point of this crypto was to distribute the money. 
And if we're going to stick to a proof of stake concept, then we're not redistributing the money. It's just just moving into a different form of, of currency. Uh, so that's not actually, you know, that, I don't see that as revolutionary. Um, it has a lot of, of usefulness to it, but our current system has, a, you know, usefulness. It, it's been working well. There's people with admin keys that can reverse transactions that are illegitimate. And so our current system is working well. Uh, but, but the thing is, is um, the government is printing a ton of money. And so if we were to move all of our money into like, let's say a, a stable coin, a stable coin is really interesting and it's receiving a lot of scrutiny by the US government right now. Uh, but it's been around for so long, I don't think that it's gonna disappear anytime soon, but it's a really interesting concept because cryptocurrency's biggest problem is the volatility. It's also yeah. the biggest benefit. But if the price is dropping 70, 80% and all of our money is sitting in Bitcoin and it's connected to a debit card to go to the store to pay our bills. And the moment I receive my money, I just put it in Bitcoin. Well, that's pretty stupid. I just lost all my money because the market moved. So we, we need a, uh, we need a currency that's stable. I think that's the next step for adoption, but not only that, the interesting part is how the U S government prints money based off of how much money is inside of our digital accounts that's FDIC backed by the government. Stablecoin is not FDIC backed by the government. So technically, if everyone put their money inside of stable US dollar, they're going to keep the value of the dollar, there's no risk involved with it, and the government is gonna have to stop printing money because no one will have US dollar anymore. They're gonna have some other US dollar tether, some other brand of US dollar that isn't even native to the government. Uh, and I, and you know, when, when these lending protocols, when, when you can lend your money out through a decentralized system, you become the bank. You're the one who's making uh, money off of other people. And, and, and that's a big misconception that the bank is lending our money to the government and the government has to print more money to bail them out. That's not what's happening. They just print more money based on how much money is in the account. So I think that's a fascinating concept and, um, I find it really interesting how these lending protocols are able to produce a higher interest of earnings on our money than what the inflation rate is a year. What's the point of, you know, printing the money uh, just to give it back to ourselves when we don't have to print that much money? Don't get me wrong. Um, printing money has a good has a good. Um, there's a good reason behind it. Sometimes like a two percent inflation a year is actually healthy because our economy is growing. If, if our, if we don't have more people that are being born each year and coming into existence more than there are people leaving existence, um, then, then inflation is actually a good thing in these, in these situations, we do need some form of inflation. And so I think people are mistaken also when they think just get rid of the inflation. No, we need to get rid of the 10% inflation and the 5% inflation, because it's not a sustainable system. We want to bring that down to like a 2% inflation. We can do that with, with uh, blockchain technology. And some people are doing those kinds of things, but really if we had a stable coin that was uh, inflationary by like 2% a year, it was set in stone and it was voted on potentially uh, by the decentralized system. People had to vote for what the inflation rate is going to be proceeding forward. Uh, then, you know, it's just like the elections here in America. It's just hard to complain when, when, the, when someone gets elected as president, even if I was wanting the other person to win potentially, um, it just doesn't matter. It's, it's a fair system. It's a democratic system. It's, it's a democracy. Uh, and I'm sorry to, to, to talk so much into that, but, uh, that's just been on the, on the tip of my mind. 
No, and this is where I was actually going to go next, because I love asking people who have been in the space for a long time what they think is going to evolve out of this crypto thing that's exploded. Because if you talk to anyone older who's went through the dot-com era, the dot-com bubble, they would cite kind of the same things. Like this is, it happened overwhelmingly fast. No one knew what it was going to look like, and it evolved into into this. And I think we're at kind of that point with crypto right now, with NFTs, with DeFi, where there's so much happening. There's so much development. Some of it's going to stick. Some of it might not. What do you think the world is going to look like five years from now? Do you think banks go out of business? Do you think they live in, they live together in harmony? Do you think stable coins get approved? Tell me a little bit about your, your vision for the future and where crypto is going. Um, great questions. Those are really good questions. Um, so I, I think, you know, so I'm, I'm going to use a company that I bought into called Voyager. I bought some Voyager token. It's a really cool exchange platform. And I use them too. Just, uh, just holding USDC in the platform earns 9% a year. And in the, in the coming few months, that company is going to release a debit card connected to the USDC account. It, it, that should scare banks. It should scare them so much. Yeah. Uh, However, Voyager makes statements. I've heard statements from them that they're actually trying to be acquired by a bank. So Voyager is doing what they're doing so they can get the interest of a bank to buy them out so they don't have to keep doing it. And so I, I think that is the direction that things will go. These uh, companies will be bought out by banks. Um, and, and that's what they want too. And then the banking institution is going to start uh, promoting you know, the Voyager platform potentially under a different name or umbrella, or it could be the same name potentially, but I do well, you think, think they're going to shut happen. it down. They're going to buy it and shut it down or they're going to own the process. I think they'll own the process. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope so, but I mean, it's still kind of scary. I mean, why hold your money in a savings account with a bank that's making 5% or 0.5% sorry, right now, rather than Voyager getting paid 7% or whatever their current rate is. It's, it's craziness. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see where the future lies as well. And I'm excited and, and gracious to be a part of it, uh, watching this evolve and being an active Same. participant. It's exciting. We're, we're headed to new, new grounds or breaking ground every day. And you are on the cutting edge of developing in the space too. So kudos to you. Uh, and I'm excited to be a part of your journey as well. I really appreciate that. So for people who are listening that want to get more involved, they want to buy this token and start playing around on the platform, I'm going to drop the, the links in the show notes so they can do that quite easily. Uh, but is there anywhere else to connect with you if they have questions about the space or to follow your journey and what you're working on currently? Yeah. Um, if they go to our website, we have many social media links. I'm available on Discord. You know, if I'm not at work, I'm actually a full-time engineer at a company called Kick, and it's just a completely different space of engineering, which is more of like material science and electrical engineering. Uh, you know, we create monitoring systems for like PCB soldering ovens. Every time I say that, everyone's just like, <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, what the hell is <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, you, you, they, people can follow us on, on Twitter, um, uh, Discord, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, pretty much anything. And we will reply. Cool. And I'll drop your socials too. Everyone who's listening, go check out this platform. Uh, I'm on there now. I'm about to go download this app, see if I can start mining some crypto. 
I've never done it yet. I've never even learned knew how to go mine yet. So I'm pumped to get in there. Uh, follow the links in the description, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Samir, for spending some time with me. This was a this was a blast and super education. My pleasure. Thank you, Dre. I appreciate it.